and that's the cast of Parks and Rec. So, oh, there they, they are <laughs> on your refrigerator. They live yeah, in yeah, with you. They're on the fridge. I don't think I have anything that competes to the cast photo on a fridge. I have one of Dorinda, a Real Housewife of New York, on my fridge, but I have a Tim Riggins magnet. <laughs> I do have uh, Cheers magnets, but from college. Mm. But that um, that I think explains your dedication and how you ended up on today's episode, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd also like to point out my mug here. Um, happens to be from one of the episodes we might be discussing today, season mm-hmm. four. And it says, I'm a glorious, or I'm a goddess, a glorious female warrior queen. Um, sorry, I'm saying this all wrong. <laughs> I am a goddess, a glorious female warrior, queen of all that I survey, enemies of fairness and equality, hear my womanly roar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and actually, the mug that you were just using. Yeah, it was also Parks and Rec. Sort of. It's yeah. like, it says uh, I'd never half ass two things yeah. or use your full ass. We can whole ass one thing or something. Yeah, whole, yeah. whole ass one yeah, thing. I don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. Yeah. We just we just want you to feel like we're qualified to be <laughs> here is what we're trying we to say. We also have shirts that have Don Ralphio's face on them. But yeah. I didn't dig them up from under our bed. I had a three or there's like three wolf moon, uh, but John Ralphio doing his like hand up. Call. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> So, that's amazing uh yeah we're uh we're ready to go we're, we're pumped <laughs> we uh read through all of the plots uh refreshed and like because we had to just remember everything. what was in season four specifically yeah exactly mm-hmm. like we, what was kosher what yeah. wasn't uh also abs move your head for a sec because percy's Which way? Uh, i don't know oh. but like percy's oh. just like hanging out in the background she's gonna be doing cat shit so if you see weird stuff. If you see a cat doing cat shit. Got it. Good to Cats know. doing cat stuff. Talking about their favorite scenes on the silver screen. They'll try to stay on theme. Who said that this podcast was spoiler free? It's time for single best scene. Hi. Hi. I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week's episode, we're covering season four of Parks and Recreation, the absurd antics of an Indiana town's public officials as they pursue sundry projects to make their city a better place. The nicest way you've ever heard Parks and Rec described. That's that's right. That sounds great. Um, This week, we have two very special guests, Adam and Abby, who are my friends, and they have been such passionate fans of the podcast that they relentlessly requested this show (laughs) and we said you know what you're right season two for us time to shine so we went ahead and just had them come on knowing that we couldn't do it justice on our own but they are such big fans so Adam and Abby we are so glad to have you here well thank you so much we're so excited to be here yeah this is great and uh I I wonder if this will ever air or if you guys are just finally doing this so that we stop talking about it so either way like it's a pretend kitchen type of a situation (laughs) (laughs) exactly so why don't we all talk about why we how we found the show and why we like the show kind of your relationship to the show so if you want to go first you know I I don't have anything really specific to say I mm-hmm. think we watched it a lot in college probably some in high school you know it's an easy show to watch so you know at some point in, in college you do a binge weekend or whatever and, and watch uh take down a couple of seasons but um yeah and you know I've always liked the show I've never been you know one to rewatch much anything so um I'll sit down and rewatch an episode of Parks and Rec but it's definitely not something I normally like choose to turn on mm-hmm. um as far as like sitcoms go but um what about you? So I, the same, I feel like the world just liked it and it was like all over Twitter. So I was like, I'll give this random NBC show a shot and then ended up really liking it. But I did hate all of the first season. So I just started in season two, which I will talk about when we talk about the pilot score. But Adam, Abby, y'all take it away. Why, why is this the show that you wanted to be on the pod for? And why season four? Yeah, actually, I don't know your story of how you started watching it, but I started watching it because Adam showed me the show Mm -hmm. and it was, Right. We met um, towards the end of college and um, I had never really heard of the show. And I don't know, like I'm not. I definitely fell under the binge category mm-hmm. where, yeah, uh, many slightly hungover Saturday afternoons. I was like, 
okay, season six, here we go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I got really hooked on it. And then when we started uh, seeing each other a little bit more and more, I was like, you should, you, you should watch this. You and, would like but I remember like you, we started at season one mm -hmm. and he was like trying to tell me, he's like, no, it gets better. It gets better. Like, and I was like, I don't know. Like if this guy has this sense of humor. Like, mm. I don't know if we're really on the same page. Cause I like, didn't like the show at all to start. And then I remember you told me like, you know, the opening scene with Ron Swanson, um, like you, I remember you saying at first, like, oh my God, Ron is the best. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, opening up, he's, you know, this libertarian, obviously, who works for the government. It's just like this, this funny scene. But I was like, this guy seems like an asshole. I don't like him at all. <laughs> and then you talked about April and Andy, how they were like the best characters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where, what is this guy thinking? Like, where is he going with this? Yeah. Um, and obviously I... I kept watching and kept hanging out with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it's been our favorite show since the very start. I think it's a really good parallel to like who I am as a person. You kind of meet me and you're like, maybe. And <laughs> then you like watch a couple seasons and you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. Uh, it makes sense. But, I'll buy into this guy. Seems fine. Yeah, it, it's worth the investment. Uh, sometimes <laughs> but no it, the the first season like gives you real office vibes and I think they came out at the same time too and it just mm -hmm. there were like easy parallels that you could draw there and then they just kind of break the mold and seasons like three through seven are fire all the way through so I completely agree. I think this is a show that benefited really well from a cast shakeup of a character that you, like, I thought, you know, Mark Brandanowitz, who's not in the season we're talking about, but you think when you're watching the first and second season that he'd be super important. And when he leaves, it's like, he's not missing at all. Like I never think about him. And that's so <laughs> rare. I feel like in a sitcom specifically that you don't miss one of the main characters when they leave, like people who love the office, which this is not the podcast for you probably, but when they, they always talk about Michael leaving and how it's like the most devastating. And I'm like, that might actually make me like it more. Like, it, I don't know, but I just feel like this show, I think it got so much better when they added Adam Scott and um, Rob Lowe and like their chemistry worked so well with the, with the cast. Mm -hmm. So kind of going back. So let's talk about the pilot really quickly. Obviously we're talking about season four, but I feel like we couldn't talk about the show without talking about the first episode um Adam Abbey I think I'll start off by letting us know kind of what you would rate it and why yeah I was thinking I'd probably give it a three um and I guess I maybe have already explained uh mm. yeah a little bit behind that but I like I thought it I remembered the pilot being and you know I've watched it a few times since the first time I saw it and after watching the full season kind of going back but I think they do a good job of like introducing people in a way that you're kind of like okay this is what the character is like we get what the character is about um mm -hmm. at the time that, that character was written right so like the the show as it changed it's like the characters grow in a very different way than how they're presented in the first episode mm -hmm. um and so I personally just didn't really connect with any of the characters and it didn't make me want to continue to watch it necessarily mm -hmm. i think the only reason we did or i did is because i was hanging out with you so yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i'd probably give it a three out of ten just because i wasn't it didn't make me excited mm -hmm. the pilot itself gets a. will go with a four just because <laughs> like generally positive but also yeah that we were watching uh we were re-watching like the first couple minutes of it and right off the bat it's just in your face about who like what the jokes of each character will be mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. who they are as a person like you were saying um yeah we got some sirens back here sorry uh and the i i don't know just the vibe is off like they introduce brandanowitz as the heartthrob like mm -hmm. early on in the episode and I think going back to what you were saying, it's like addition by subtraction was totally the thing. And even from his like first time on screen, he's just bringing this like weird, depressive energy and brings the entire show with him in that regard. And like, yeah, uh, four out of 10. All right, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I gave it a six out of 10. I don't remember, like, I don't know if I 
I don't think I ever watched it as like the one episode and then decide if you were going to watch the next one. Yeah. Like, I don't think I had a choice. <laughs> so yeah. like, I don't remember having an, any kind of impression on the, the pilot the first time. Um, but I thought that, um, you know, they did such a great job with Leslie's character and I really liked her from the beginning and she was obviously going to be the lead. Um, Amy Poehler's obviously like I loved her coming in so mm-hmm. like I was already you know predisposed to liking the lead and I and she seemed like a cute earnest character and um I you know loved Ron Swanson <laughs> from the beginning and a lot of relatability there with my dad and so uh yeah you know it was cute the characters and stuff changed and got better but I I thought it was not too much of a departure from sort of what the show ended up being about even though the characters did change about yeah I completely agree I gave it a five out of ten I think for a show that's so well cast it took them a long time to find the right character voice or the right character pairings Mm -hmm. because when you go back and you watch it you're like how the hell did Anne ever even date Andy like how is that how we met them like it makes no sense now and even like if I were to watch the pilot and someone were to say like, okay, Andy and April get married and you'll love them. I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there's no way that that's like the direction the show's going in. So I think that it was really well cast. It just took them a while to like mm-hmm. write these characters. And like, I don't think it took a super long time. I mean, the first season is not long at all. And I noticed with like community, it had that same problem. 30 Rock, I think it had that same problem. So I do think it's like, you sell this great idea and then you have to find the right writers to write the jokes for the people in the delivery. And like, I think Chris Pratt ended up doing quite a bit of improv on the show. So it's like figuring out, like you have the like deck of cards, but like, how are you going to play it type of thing? Um, But when I looked on the internet, seasons three and four were rated like way, 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 way at the top. Um, Season one was rated the worst season of all of them, (laughs) which I don't think is surprising to any super fan anyway. Um, what are some of y'all's let's kind of go through some of the, the jokes of season four specifically. Um, and we can just kind of popcorn around. I do have a bit in joke just to start off. It's from um, episode seven. So it's pretty early in four, but I am pretty sure Anne who says it, um, to Chris and she says, jogging is the worst. I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? (laughs) I find their interpersonal relationship to be so funny. Like whether they're dating or just coworkers, they're Chris Chager was such a great addition to the show and gave them all such a fun foil. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is one that was also on my list. That's a good one. Yeah, Chris Um, brings up everyone around him, I think. And you know, the uh, first thing he comes in when he like points is like, Leslie, no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think it's go- nice that he's like a more cheerful, like he even is even a higher cheer than Leslie. Mm-hmm. So then she's not the only cheerful one. Like there's like she's now in there's it's like a made range her more sane. Yeah. Right. In this weird way yeah, where she's for sure. still exactly. fucking insane, like, but like their boss is good. I don't know. But I like that they're both yeah. good at their jobs. So it's like they can have this like insane energy and whatever, but they like get shit done. Mm-hmm. They're just overly enthusiastic about it. This might be like a little too philosophical for right now, but uh, the way I see it is like all of the other characters in the show are, call it exacerbations of different aspects of Leslie's personality and that like, that heighten them so that she seems more grounded where it's like Chris Traeger and his, his like overt happiness and cheeriness and Anne and her pragmatism, but like caring and friendship and Mm-hmm. Ron and his sternness and like these are all things that Leslie has but it just like to the max mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah I think that's why they eventually do find that groove and become a cast that just supports each other through the jokes and like actual human beings so mm-hmm. completely great. agree it's also like true to real life right like you want to be friends with other people who are like similar to you in a way that they don't think you're insane but like you're funnier or you're more pro- like you want to be more than the other person you just want them to also like have that thing right. um like nobody wants to be friends with people who aren't funny if they think they're funny mm-hmm. i don't know exactly. so one of the jokes i have is a leslie in early season it's early season four where she says look i don't like to throw around the word butthead too often if you call everybody a butthead then it kind of loses impact but i can say it without hesitation that tom is being a real dick yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's such a good line. Yeah. I mean, there's 
there's just so many I know. the whole season I'm like I don't even know where to start but one thing oh, I have five and I've already read one of them yeah, <laughs> um yeah one thing Adam and I were talking about the different episodes that um I was surprised that we laughed so hard at this but at the like um the Hale Zorp episode where mm-hmm. the, the leader um it's just like a normal towns person um but mm-hmm. how they describe his um his coming to knowing that you know Zorp is the lizard god or whatever who's gonna mm-hmm. come to the end of the world and but the funny part is that he only became famous through the book that he wrote which was a sequel to his first book which was organize it <laughs> like <laughs> it's about organizing things mm-hmm. and then it was like organize it too hail Zorp <laughs> it's just, so random. yeah, yeah that, also I think funny. we missed that it was supposed to be like uh actual quotes that we were going to take as like jokes and bits Mm -hmm. um we did more like uh more running themes and things that we found humorous like the townspeople that counts yeah that totally counts dope great uh because yeah one of my favorite things is the townspeople and just like any public forum any hearing meeting um Mm -hmm. that one dude with like not a lot of hair up top but a big bushy mustache and facial hair uh, who's always up in arms about everything and then gets upset when you call him out on it. That guy is everything to me. I'm not always up in <laughs> arms about something, Leslie. <laughs> that all the towns people are like, how they show up again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the, the guy who's like, your daughter is an idiot. And like always like chants. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh-huh. Or all the like racist. Yeah, really love the mom stuff. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, one of the runners I like is just everyone treating Kyle like shit. I think it's so funny because mm-hmm. he's like not in the show enough to care or like feel bad about it. Um, and but just, it's like Jerry's like punching bag. Yeah, it's, it's like he can like shit on someone now. Right. <laughs> All of those. That was one of the runners, but so. Um, yeah, I uh, actually one of since we brought it up, one of my least favorite things about the show is the runner that Jerry is a punching bag. Mm-hmm. um it just makes me sad well, but <laughs> no, he has gail it's, i was gonna say like i, I would agree with you but yeah I mean, like if gail was he has like the a biggest more penis they've ever seen yeah exactly his daughters are like the most <laughs> beautiful models in the world and his wife is I mean, he's the no, most no, no, that's just what michael said he's like when he did the them? yeah like he's too. I mean, it's like the amount of time we see his beautiful family versus the amount of time he's getting shit on is in no way equal. <laughs> like, no. it's like a one to ten ratio, and it just—I don't know. I'm like, I agree. It's not I something mean, I love, but special. Well, you see a lot of Millie in season four, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she's, but not enough yeah. to counterbalance the the shit that gets. I mean, it's fine. Jerry Gary. Um, uh speaking of chris i do have a chris quote it says if i keep my body moving and my mind occupied at all times i'll be i will avoid falling into a bottomless pit of despair (laughs) (laughs) so great a lot of us think that (laughs) one of one of my favorite lines uh is when they're all trying to set ann up with guys at the valentine's day party and tom steps in as ann's wingman brings up a guy he's like all right tell me about yourself and the guy says, oh, where do I start? Well, I'm an amateur juggler. And Tom just, nope, stop right there. You should not have started there. <laughs> so good. Oh, so great. Um, I have an Andy quote. And it's it's like with his, sometimes with his dialogue, it's like the way he delivers it. But I yeah. just loved when he said, I didn't graduate college because I did not attend it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with air quotes. <laughs> Um, another yeah, that was like this is again like a, a running joke that kind of comes up in different seasons um and I think it comes up first in probably the second season but um just little Sebastian and how the everyone obviously besides Ben thinks that he's the best and then so just to have the one character Ben be like a have a normal reaction to, to like I just don't understand and then he has to lie to Leslie and like yeah I totally get it now and then yeah sorry. that it comes up in um in one of the episodes where he would uh, endorse her and 
Yeah, yeah. And if to... Sebastian was still alive, he would endorse her for city council. That's yeah. <laughs> a fucking horse. <laughs> we actually talked a little bit about little Sebastian on our Thanksgiving episode. And our mutual friend Chandler texted me and was like, I can't believe you don't like little Sebastian. I was like, I'm a Ben. I don't, I don't like it. I, I think it's, I think him not liking little Sebastian is funnier than everybody else liking little yeah. Sebastian. Exactly. Like that's right. the well, joke that's, to me. Yeah, I mean, I think right. it's probably the joke to a lot of people, but I was like, I don't care about this little horse, but. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pretty cute. Um, I have a, uh, uh, oh, I just lost it on the page. Um, Shoot. Oh, uh, sorry. I have a Leslie qu- Leslie quote mm-hmm. um, when they're talking about Anne being or Anne's like Leslie or steamroller, um, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I don't even like Harry Potter," and Leslie says, "What do you mean you don't like Harry Potter? You've seen all seven. Bu- uh, you've read all seven books. I've seen all. You can start that over. Okay. It's seen all eight movies, uh, but only after." And said, you forced me to watch all eight movies. I don't even like Harry Potter. Got it. So you okay. start that <laughs> you have to read it. it. Yeah. I'll read <laughs> it. Um, the one where Anne is telling Leslie how she's a steamroller. And Leslie says, I forget it already. I actually have it written down. Do you want me to say it? Yeah, please. Okay. So Anne says, you're a steamroller. You're a massive runaway steamroller with no brakes and a cement brake on the cast pedal. You made me watch all Harry, po- all eight Harry Potter-, Potter movies, and I don't even like Harry Potter. And Leslie says, that's insane. You love Harry Potter. You've seen all eight movies. <laughs> it's just like, like such a perfect example of Leslie's personality, especially in the earlier seasons mm-hmm. um, where she's just going for it all the time and doing really ridiculous things mm-hmm. and yeah I, I love that example <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and another um quote that we really like is um when April and Andy are doing their bucket list and at the very end of the season you know they finally get in the car and drive <laughs> all the way to the Grand Canyon and like the I don't know if it's the last scene or but towards the end and you know they've taken this 30-hour car ride and done this whole thing and and Andy looks up and goes, where are all the faces? And it turns out he was thinking of Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Which would like, theoretically have been much closer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. They drove way far out of the way because of just Andy being Andy. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Unbelievable. There, I don't know how they make his character so endearing when he's so stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the way he's played yeah. it. Like Chris Pratt or hate Chris Pratt. He's great in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other line that I like from the season of um, of Andy Dwyer is when, oh, I guess it's the same episode, actually, when they're doing their bucket list and he goes to the bank and wants to hold $1,000 in cash was on his bucket list. So the first time he gets everything in the hundreds. So it's just and and then he eventually gets everything in one dollar and so the attendant is very annoyed to do this and but then the the quote at the end is goes nickels we needed a nickel <laughs> so dumb. yeah that was amazing i also loved the episode where they were like actually using their health insurance mm-hmm. <laughs> like they didn't know that they could just go to the doctor because andy had a concussion or whatever um and like 10 that was just all around very funny when he does his eye test and like it's like the guy was like you need glasses for sure and april's like you drove us here (laughs) (laughs) and and he's like no i'm too sexy for glasses or something and the doctor wears glasses (laughs) he's like sorry (laughs) in that same day when he's telling everybody about all of the medical procedures he had done He's like, mm-hmm. I got my legs microwaved. Extra. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> so great. I have one last Andy quote, and that would be my last one. When he's going through code names and he says, Mine is Eagle One. Anne has been there done, or Anne's been there done that. April is currently doing that. Donna is, it happened once in a dream. Chris is if I had to pick a dude, Ben is Eagle Two. And Ben's like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love every part of that B plot. I think it's so funny. It's really good. So good. Um, um, the last joke I have is from Ron in the finale when he says clear alcohols are for rich white women on diets. <laughs> Sophie, I think I sent this to you in the liquor store yesterday while we were <laughs> buying white wine and I just, like, substituted white wine for it. So. <laughs> sure. 
once said that uh, to somebody in a college class. Uh, it could just completely flew out of my mouth and uh, it was like not appropriate at the time. And I was like, oh, that is a quote. Uh, please let me take that back from reality. We, we do that a lot where, and Sophie knows this and is probably really annoyed by this, but we'll just like quote Parks and Rec is probably our number one, but mm -hmm. other shows and just say something that to anyone else would make no sense and just be totally dumb and not relevant. But we crack up at it because we we get we like think back to that episode and just think it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I have my fair share of quoting television shows so I can't mm -hmm. see when it's like kind of out of context too and you know <laughs> the amount of people that I've accidentally yelled like title of your sex tape to and then been like fuck I hope they watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine or that really didn't land um <laughs> sometimes it's funnier when it doesn't and they're like what it's like <laughs> Um, I have a few kind of runners that like went out throughout. So I'm just going to read them off. Um, so the first one is just Ben being afraid of cops. I think is so funny because mm -hmm. he has no reason to be afraid of cops. Um, Tom, anytime Tom calls Ben a nerd, which is like throughout the entire show, but the level of detail he goes to calling him a nerd is always like, like so like a paragraph. Like I would read one, but it's like too long. Mm -hmm. um, John Ralphia's whole character is a bit like, I don't necessarily know if he... Yeah exists as a real person like he's just a like in the funniest way he's just a bit character um mm -hmm. any mention of the town eating healthy mm -hmm. <laughs> the child-sized drinks the, the whole thing and then anytime yeah <laughs> like mm -hmm. do salads and it's like no tanya because i don't hate myself <laughs> yeah she's like i don't think i've ever seen you like she's like i've uh, uh, like participated in all small businesses and she's like yeah I don't think I've ever seen you at Sue Salad and she's like yeah I don't hate myself Tanya <laughs> um and then purred happily and Joan Kalmazis I think are like the perfect amount of side characters yeah um mm -hmm. I, I love them so much I love that he was an actual news anchor and that's I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He was like an actual news anchor, but I just love what he describes thing. He's like the thing you are saying now is the thing that you will have seen when you see it you will know what we're talking about after you watch it and you're like it's like connor's eulogy from succession <laughs> like, yeah. it's like the least descriptive way to describe something really talking around it happily uh -huh. and i forgot my microphone <laughs> so good. yeah i guess one last thing on um on my list was um or i guess two things related to ron mm -hmm. um one is just his Halloween costume that he wears the same Halloween costume every year. <laughs> it's so funny. He wears the same pirate costume. Mm -hmm. And then also just Duke Silver in general. It's just like such a cool yes. little like mm -hmm. niche side thing for him that mm -hmm. um, kind of completes his character. And especially as, you know, towards the end of the show is that like kind of comes to light and other people you know, Leslie's kind of the last one to know, um, but I just think it's kind of like a funny little secret. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It's so good. Um, the last one for me, and like, I, I would say that this one, or yeah, th th this one is like throughout the show. Um, it lands sometimes and sometimes it doesn't, but Brandy Max being a parallel uh, but an underminer to Leslie and her like professional credibility and just like always putting herself in the same exact boat as Leslie is hilarious. That's one of my favorite um, parts of the debate is whenever they're like, and Brandy and Leslie are the exact same person. <laughs> and then like at the, when they start to count, like count the debate total and it's like, Leslie has one vote, Bobby has two and Brandy has six. And she's like, that's it. I'm no lose to Brandy and not even Bobby Newport. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But all right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with, with some more. Hello, hello. Surprise. It's us again. This is just a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you are subscribed to the pod on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us um, with our audience and it really helps you make sure you don't miss an episode as these do drop on Tuesdays weekly. 
Second thing is actual exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway of sorts. If you go and give us a review on iTunes, then screenshot the review and email it to us at singlebestscene at gmail.com, we will send you a very special Single Best Scene sticker. So get those reviews in and we will get you a sticker. And that's it. Thanks. All right, guys, and we're back. So Parks and Rec is a very funny show, but did y'all have, did anybody here have a heartbreak scene um, or a heartburst scene? We've also kind of added that. Where <laughs> if it heart swell in sadness or in happiness. Mm. Or season four. Or just season four, yes, of course. So if you want to go first. Um, yeah, the heartbreak scene I picked was in episode 10 when Big quit his job. Um, so that Leslie could stay in the parks department and have like pretty minimal punishment. Um, I was really not expecting that. Um, the first time I saw it and it was like super selfless and very sweet and she'd gone through all this stuff. And, um, I mean, it, it also made a lot of sense, <laughs> yeah. but it was still like very sweet and self-sacrificing and stuff. So that was my pick. All right, Abby, you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go next. Um, yeah, I, my scene, I don't know if this is, I mean, as we just said, the show is like so funny. It's not like there's a ton of dramatic heartbreak scenes, but the, mm -hmm. I think it might've been um, episode seven, but the model UN episode mm -hmm. yeah. where basically Leslie and Ben, like they have all this underlying, you know, mm -hmm. sexual tension and whatever else that they end up lashing out at each other. Um, and the reason I thought it was heartbreaking is just because it's so like inappropriate and immature, I guess. And mm -hmm. I was kind of at the point with the characters where I was like, okay, Leslie got over her um, season one and two being too much like Michael Scott basically is, is you know, we brought up The Office earlier, but in mm -hmm. my opinion, I didn't like the first couple of seasons because it was too similar to The Office and too cringy. Um, and so I love the Leslie's character when she's like a genuine you know, going out of her way, doing all these crazy things. But this scene really um, like brought that back for me. And I was like, oh, I guess she's she's not as mature and um, as I thought and had to kind of overcome some of these things. So um, so that's one of the reasons I didn't like. And also I just didn't like to see um, Leslie and, and Ben fighting. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Adam? I think... I'll go with the heartburst scene, and I I think we know which one. Like, oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with the heartbreak scene. Uh, change little little changeroo, um, <laughs> but I, in line with what Abby was talking about, where uh, Leslie almost has this regression as a character, um, mm -hmm. like falls into all these all these traps. The real heartbreak for me was when she finally like came to grips with it all and accepted that her and Ben can't be together. And mm -hmm. like, it was only for a little bit. It was like maybe a, a scene or two that that feeling and like affirmation really lasted. Um, but yeah, just in that moment, I'm like, oh, this was the love story. Mm -hmm. and, like first time ever seeing it. I thought that was it. I completely, I like that all of ours have to do with Ben and Leslie. So I have a heartbreak and a heartburst. So my heartbreak is just when they can't be together and he gives her the nope 2020, like 2012 button. Um, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I cry every time that Anne comes in and tells her she wins the election. And then Ben tells her that he never wrote the concession speech. I cry every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. so it's like a heartburst break. Like, I'm so happy. But also it's like, I don't know. I also, I just can't get over the fact that they like wanted Leslie to like sleep around. And then like her chemistry with Adam Scott was so great that they were like, oh no, they'll just get married. Like, we'll just <laughs> like match them up. Um, so all of us kind of touched on not kind of falling in love kind of instantaneously with this show. What was kind of y'all's turning point moment for the show or for the season? Yeah, I, I can start because I think I kind of touched on this already, but um, it, I think when I, when I go back and think about the, 
like scope of the show. It was really the end of season two where it came together for me, which I think is interesting because I assume it was like the same writers at the beginning of season two. But um, but for me, as I said, like the the character of Leslie Nope is such a draw. And I think really the end of season two is when you started to get more information about her life and realize what a badass she is. And mm-hmm. you know, like Galentine's Day, how she'd prepare gifts for everyone that are like so over the top. Um, and then when the woman of the year episode is also in, in season two, and I know we're not talking about season two, but um, but that season does end with um, like the Freddie Spaghetti concert when, um, you know, she goes out of her way to, to do this concert that everyone tells her that she can't do. Um, and at the end of it, it's, it's really like you as the um, viewers kind of realize that, oh, she's got, she's got a lot going on and is kind of a superstar. Um, but then also the other character, like Ben specifically um, at that pretty spaghetti is like, oh, this is Leslie Nope. Like she's, she's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. For me when I was like, oh yeah, I, I really do like these characters. Um, Cause for me watching a show, like I have to love the characters to like the show. And they didn't get to that mm-hmm. point until, until season two. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was obviously when they introduced Ben and Chris, I thought it just took on this whole other um, breath of fresh air. I remember really liking the Christmas special in season two with like the Santa secret or something, this Christmas scandal. Um, like that was the one that I was like, oh shit, I'll go, like, I'll actually watch this show. Um, but it took me, I mean, until they introduced those two, you know, Ben and Chris. And I did like that they like talked to the camera, but not in a, they didn't do as many like ITM, like they didn't do as many like ITMs where it's more just like looks at the camera versus like, I'm going to tell you about this. I don't know. I liked that, that, um, choice. Like no Jim Halpert, like. Yeah, well, they did a little, yeah, they did a little bit of that, but it was less like that. And it was more of that and less of them like sitting down and getting interviewed. Yeah. Got it. It was yeah. a little bit like flea bag-ish, but like <laughs> they knew the camera was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about you? Um, yeah, so mine, um, I guess I went ahead and so you know, I I'm not a Tom fan. He was probably the the one of the characters that really the only one that I found like actually kind of annoying and like I really struggled to figure out why he was love him so much part of the show I mean I just I don't know it really seemed like he just I don't really know I just didn't understand what he added to the group like in any way like professionally emotionally like he just kind of seemed to be this like wacky character that like was kind of like a wrecking ball a lot of times for everyone else. And it, I don't know. And I still don't really know if his, his payoff was worth um, his participation in this series, but um, I did get on board with his character um, when they brought on John Ralphio and Mona Lisa, because the trio of them was really fun. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that made me a little bit, more invested in like his plot and like his, you know, his whole thing, because um, they are like such fun, outrageous characters that it was always a fun episode whenever they were around. Well, I think they did a really good job of writing the like work friendships. Like I enjoyed like Tom with Donna. Like I liked when they teamed them up to like do sub sub episodes. And Donna were a good team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of season four. I feel like was, was Tom's stuff was with, with Donna. And what about you, Adam? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of been touched on. Uh, <laughs> like, one turning point for me was really just Brandanowitz leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that I disliked a character so much and feel bad for it, but at the same time, it just opened up so much. Um, mm-hmm. So his goodbye scene would be my turning point. Um, Fair. It's like, nobody was really that sad about it. Like, none of the char- none of the other characters were like, we're really gonna miss you or uh like mm. we're not gonna be the same here without you and it was just like very well known that this was gonna be a good thing so mm-hmm. all right so why don't we jump into the best and worst b plots um we can just do the same thing we did for jokes and just kind of bop through them 
So I'll, I'll start. I liked every single part of entertainment 720, like literally from any time that was on the screen. I loved it. And when they went bankrupt and he made Leslie that video, it was very sweet when he made her like the the second video, but at that, I just loved every part of it. I mean, the fact that they have uh, stacks of free iPads, Mm -hmm. uh, buckets of cash. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're just turning they're like and their like justification for why they went bankrupt was that they wanted to create demand so they said no to every opportunity right of course so that people would think that they're busy <laughs> like the last thing and you should do saying, as a small business to, owner yeah you have to spend money to make money i spent it all yeah. <laughs> like i don't understand why it didn't work but it's also so funny and ironic that the only reason they had money to begin with is because john ralphio like faked an insurance <laughs> Or like got like hit by Alexis or whatever. So I think that's how they got the money for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was like they lost it all, but it was like it wasn't really his to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I loved Ben living with April and Andy. <laughs> I just thought it was fun. Um. It created a lot of like, uh, out of office situations with them where those three characters probably wouldn't interact all that much. But um. I yeah, love when they got when they got the dog, when they got champion and he was like, I don't, I don't want you like, I don't want you to expect that I'm just going to take care of the, the dog all the time. And they were like, well, you're the one who's unemployed. So like, you should probably mm-hmm. take care of the dog. And he's like, hurtful, but true. Like, I guess I, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. agree. I think that's like the last pairing I would have suspected, but it, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like, when he gets there and they are sitting on the floor in their pajamas eating cereal out of a frisbee with one spoon and uh yeah just like he is the force that makes them mature a little bit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. children um which I, I think is great but then they also soften him up so yeah i love that yeah and another when i think about um them all living together one scene that comes to mind and this is maybe the b plot of just treat yourself in general but mm-hmm. they bring ben on to i think it was season or episode four um actually i don't know what episode it was but when they bring ben on to treat yourself and he gets the batman suit at the end, mm-hmm. and because that's you know what makes him happy and then at the end of the episode it's like they're calling him in to change the wi-fi and he like comes in and whips his cape around <laughs> yes. finding himself in this like new environment kind of finally like being true to himself in a few different ways so mm-hmm. I, I love anytime he goes on a rant about like game of thrones or like whatever the thing could be it's like people just know how to get under his skin so quickly and it's like everybody has that one coworker that you can like fuck with and like you know how to like mm-hmm. piss them off but not make them mad um mm-hmm. Another one I had written down was Ron's when Ron's ex-wife Tammy shows back up. Mm-hmm. Tammy so one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then his mom's Tammy. It just a great, oh, great is. start to season four. Mom's that name was is Tamara. She goes by Tammy. <laughs> that goes by Tammy. Yeah. Like, that whole thing was so funny. Yeah. I mean, I love Tammy too. I know she wasn't in in her chaoticness really wasn't in four as much as she was in the earlier seasons, but yeah. Her her and Ron's little which is of course it's extra fun you know because they're married in real life but they're mm-hmm. such a fun pair to have sure. on the show um that. speaking of people being yeah. on the show though i loved that they chose paul rudd as leslie's opponent for the campaign like could not have done a better casting job like he was the perfect like dopey <laughs> um, privileged kid to run against her um that was never mean always just sort of stupid <laughs> like a little bit like um Oh, uh, what's his face from uh, just a session running Greg? for president? Oh, Connor. No, Connor. A little bit like Connor energy of like, I just want to make my dad proud. Like, why are you running? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved when he announced that he was voting for Leslie because he thought it would be illegal to vote for himself. And then whenever he was bowling, was like, mm-hmm. and whenever he was bowling, in the wee bully and she's like why don't you want to use the real one and he was like because this one looks like me and you're like this guy is so stupid like so stupid but so it it couldn't have worked without like the casting on the show is so brilliant it's also like you know when you get paul rudd in season four it's like you've called in and Catherine like this the guest stars in season four were so were so great yeah (laughs) kyle mooney was in a random episode this season um 
he got interviewed to take Chris interviewed him to take uh someone's job. I don't I can't remember, but yeah, that was another funny. one I loved um, is I also, oh you go. No, 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 you go. Uh Chris dating Jerry's daughter and just the way he went about it. And Jerry being like, y'all are adults. Like, it's everything. totally fine. He's like, okay, cool. We are going to go home together tonight and sleep. In this- it's like so <laughs> It's very awkward. Uh, but which one were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, in um, episode 12, Chris either knew this already or figures it out that Ron likes telling people bad news. Um <laughs> which is something I have always pondered. I was like, well, you know, I could be great at delivering like firings and bad news and stuff. I feel like- Can you Google one's jobs for mean people? I've definitely searched that. But like specifically, (laughs) you'd be like, well, um, sorry, actually there's no money for this project. Um, Best of luck. Best wishes, warmest regards. <laughs> warmest regards. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was fun. One B plot that really uh, stuck out to me is when it, uh, on election night when the cable goes out at uh, at Andy Mo- uh, Andy and Molly's. <laughs> sorry, my my our, our friends are Andy and Molly. Um, uh, Andy in and April and. Andy just acts out all of his favorite movies uh, to keep the donors entertained and just like, they shouldn't have gone up the river. Just like. My favorite part of that is when he's like, yeah, y'all, y'all should really see babe. And Donna is like pants to Donna and she's crying. And she's like, I feel like I just did. <laughs> yes. Um, Andy taking a woman's studies class, like the entire college B plot was so, yeah. so fucking funny. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm the teacher, how she ends up hooking up with Ron, mm-hmm. like that was hilarious. And and also um, how Andy can't stop saying women's lasers. Because he wouldn't take this laser class mm-hmm. before. But yeah, that was a really good B plot too. That uh, like end scene when he's just going through all of his ideas about just the patriarchy and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, none of that's right, is it? <laughs> That is all extremely rough. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, another uh, B plot I really liked from season four was after Ben uh, resigned in disgrace and, <laughs> and he was home trying to uh, get his life back together. And I think it, I think it's season four where he makes the claymation. Yep. And yes. He's, like Chris is trying to say, um, uh, like a, you might be depressed. I don't know. And he goes, well, could a depressed person do this? And like shows the two Three seconds. And his letters to Cleo shirt. Yeah. That he wears again at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, this was three weeks of work. <laughs> I also love anytime he goes and works for the accountants and then quits like the, mm-hmm. the level of enthusiasm yes. with that guy. And I don't know. And how much they think that like, he's so cool. So cool. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's their fonz. Um, one other B plot, and I think that this is like a, a little bit bigger one, but the scavenger hunt and yep. just everything about that is perfect. Uh, from Leslie making it too hard to Andy not being able to contribute in any way other than just like dropping the <laughs> fire pick uh, into the into the glass case and then just run at the end like i do want this there's nothing more on brand for leslie's character than making it too hard yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she like, of course she did until afterwards and <laughs> or like when uh when ben gets to the snow globe and the guy is like hmm, she said you'd be here a few hours ago <laughs> <laughs> So, so good. I have one more, and then that's the end of my best list, which is Andy working security for Leslie <laughs> after someone tries to throw a pie. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that he writes on the TV in Sharpie and keeps redoing it on Jerry's face and then like identifies the culprit as it's hitting Ben in the face. And he's like, I got him. And Ben's like, Yeah, you did. Like, I've got pile over my face. Like, I loved that entire, entire mm-hmm. B plot. Uh, sewage Joe in general is like <laughs> just so good. 
Um, I was looking at, I can't remember which, I wish I could remember which one it was, but I was looking up, it might've been the world's smallest part, but I'm not actually positive was written by Chelsea Peretti. So like, I do think that if we were to go back and look at some of these, cause they all one, Mike sure. Like I think hires the same groups of people, like the Brooklyn nine, nine writers and the parks writers went on to do the good place. Like, I think they all like, he's very loyal to his team. But I, when I saw Chelsea Peretti wrote it, I was like, huh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect that that episode specifically from her, but like, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the same thing and had that exact reaction. <laughs> like, it's like, it's a really romantic scene, but I guess she could, she could go both. She can make us laugh and cry. She got range. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was um, does anybody <laughs> else have any good, good B plots? Uh, one other I thing. More Adam and Abby, do you guys have any more? I, I really like, I was here. The, sorry, there's a delay. Um, I really liked the episode when um, Chris was kind of hanging out with Ron um, and kind of seeing if he would be a good fit for the new city manager position. Mm -hmm. And they go um, to yoga and they go meditate. (laughs) And Ron was like, this is so dumb. What do people even do? And turns out he was doing it perfectly and and could just meditate for like six hours straight, didn't have a single thought in his mind, was just completely <laughs> focused and centered and like didn't get the point of it at all. Meanwhile, people spend like their whole lives trying to get to that. <laughs> so <laughs> great. Very on brand for Ron's, you know, kind of mysterious part of his character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, another one, sorry, last week. No, 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 y'all are good. <laughs> um, so one more B-plot that I really enjoyed um so obviously like a touchy subject but i think that the the show handled it really well is the whole birtherism undertone of uh when they find out that leslie's not actually from pawnee and like that rumor is spreading Mm -hmm. Uh, because at the time like we had just gone through it with obama and uh they just like they touched on it and handled that conversation really well with just mm-hmm. pointing out how, uh, pointing out the lunacy of it and just being mm. like, this is what y'all sound like. This is mm-hmm. what I, uh, I completely agree. I think, well, and also just the like absurdity of Eagleson. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the yeah. gotcha journalism yeah. of that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it would have been in, I looked up the date. It would have been in like 2011 that that episode came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are some that y'all didn't like as much? I only have one, so it wasn't I thought it was a pretty good season, but mine yeah, um yeah, the only one I have is the Jerry being a punching bag, which I've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Which isn't even a plot, it's simply just a fact that happens. I don't know. <laughs> but what's yours, Mads? Mine is Anne and Tom dating. I hated it. I don't yeah. think it's funny. That was one of ours. Um, admittedly, when I rewatched, I only made it to episode like 13, I think, and then just skipped to the end. So I kind of skipped over the whole part where they dated mm-hmm. and ca- sort of caught it in the finale when they said something like about like, are we moving in together or something like that? And I was like, oh, right. It made so little sense ever that like I just kind of forgot that that even happened in the back half of this season. But yeah, that was weird. He's just so annoying when he's in like puppy love and mm-hmm. allow. I don't know. He just doesn't act like a normal person ever with her. It just didn't fit. The two of them were so right. different. Same with, as you said earlier with Ann and Andy, like just completely different people. It would never, it just wasn't believable. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what, what, what irritated me about that storyline was yes, hundreds of that they didn't fit, but also that we had seen her fit pretty well with Chris. And so it was like, are we, cause like, you know, shows will introduce a third character. So it's like, we're just wasting time until we can fi- put them back together. But it never actually felt like we were working back towards getting Anne and Chris right. back together, but it just felt like, why are we wasting time with Tom then? If that's not the obstacle, mm-hmm. I couldn't figure that out. And actually I would be remiss if we did not talk about one of the best B plots, which is everybody sending Anne their penises oh. to get yes. <laughs> checked. To inspect. For months. Mm-hmm. And she, like in the press conference, the guy's like, so if I were to send you this picture right now, she's like, please do not send me this picture. He's like, it's in your inbox. <laughs> it's like, it's from accounting. 
um yeah just like on tom and in dating and specifically you're talking about like something we're working back to the reason that i think tom and Anne needed to date was so that Anne could finally take it upon herself to be like okay i'm not dating anyone for a while like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna do me and i think it really gave her an opportunity to grow and be ready to be with chris um mm-hmm. that that's kind of how i felt it and like chris needed the same thing like uh, he wasn't in a place especially after millie um to be in a relationship and like knowing that they would eventually get together um mm-hmm. that's all i really needed i don't think i knew that they would eventually get back together like i don't know if i thought that like they would be like air quotes like in the riverdale universe like in game chris mm-hmm. and Anne, yeah. and so um but i agree i also think like smartly they spent their money because they could in any other show, they would have just brought in a character to date Anne instead of using Tom, but they spent their money right. on like Catherine. I think you say her last name Han and um, Paul Rudd. And like, they spent their money on these like other guest stars that could do a B plot. That wasn't, that was more important than like, okay, let's bring in the celebrity to date Anne for six mm-hmm. episodes. So she can realize, but whatever, like the same thing they're using Tom for. I just, it's just not realistic to me that she would date him proudly. No. And not be just like constantly embarrassed of him. Yeah. And I am a Tom. I like Tom. <laughs> but it does anybody a for her? Yeah. Well, I guess she dated Andy, so she was like, no. <laughs> All right. She'll just date date anybody who thinks she's amazing. Um, does anybody else have any additional worst or any like friendships, relationships that they like outside of their highlight stats? Um, I had another worst. Mm-hmm. I it's actually Tammy one for me. Like I like the concept of Tammy one a lot and the things that we kind of already talked about that was really funny about, you know, there being three Tammies and that Tammy one was like birthed him and was a teacher and all these things. Mm-hmm. But the actual, I don't I don't know if it was the writing or the acting, but I think it was that actual actor mm-hmm. one. Like it just didn't sell it for me at all. Like it just felt very forced mm-hmm. and that she kind of came in and, and Leslie's reaction was like, oh my God, Tammy, like, I'm just completely shut up about it. Like April was obsessed with her and everything. And so the concept of that made sense, but somehow I just didn't, I didn't believe it with how stern Tammy one was like, mm-hmm. she, she didn't really do much for me in that. So that got like lost in translation into the somewhere just, along the way, like like, why is everyone terrified of her? Like, I yeah. get it. She's very commanding and controlling, but yeah, I, I felt similarly. Um, it it felt like it it was that whole plot, which was funny sometimes, but also sometimes went too far. Mm-hmm. Like, put Ron in this place where I'm like, I didn't need to see Ron without a mustache. Like, I really didn't. Like, mustache fell off. Yeah, like it just really it really went further than it probably needed to I think um I wish that they would have cast um oh the woman who's in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and um oh Miranda whatever flight attendant Scottish actress or I don't know she's yeah the Scottish actress who literally plays the devil Michelle Gomez (laughs) yeah Michelle Gomez she's like a very commanding actress and she's so like her features are so sharp like she is so scary like or when she wants to be whatever yeah yeah i mean i think if you like literally get typecast as the devil um (laughs) you tend to have some sort of presence on screen yeah some people feel just a certain way when you walk on um one b plot that i like particularly didn't like at the time i i think a couple times watching it through enjoyed it more but entertainment 720 um so wrong yeah i know (laughs) i know this now but like i would say like initially speaking if i'm going the first time i'm watching this through entertainment 720 was cringeworthy to me and yeah i agree i really hated it the first time i was like taking myself too seriously as a finance major and i'm like oh my god mismanagement of funds um but it's like who could actually be that stupid to to spend that much money on all this ridiculous shit like i thought tom was better than that you know but obviously he needed to like he needed that 
to get um he needed to get that right. stuff. yeah exactly <laughs> for sure. right, well we have 10 minutes left and i actually think we can do it so okay. let's knock out I think we can. Let's knock out our highlight stats real quick. So you just say the category and who you picked, and then we'll go to single best scene. Cool. So, okay, cool. so if you want to go first. Um, uh, sure. So my favorite character is Leslie. Um, my favorite relationship is Ben and Leslie. Um, favorite season, I I don't probably know enough, but I think I was like three a lot, even though I liked them being together in four. I don't know, whatever. And then my favorite episode was the fina- of four was the finale. Um 422. Um, okay. Popcorn to Adam. <laughs> what are your stats? Uh, okay. So favorite character for me is Ben. Uh, I just love the way that he uh, comes together as a character and supports Leslie. Uh, favorite relationship. Ben and Leslie, uh, very close second is April and Andy, but um, favorite season. I'm a big fan of four. Uh, I think that's why we chose it. Um, <laughs> and Ooh, favorite episode. Um, I, I like the debate a lot. I think uh, Leslie really came into her own there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abby, right, what about you? Popcorn, Abby. Okay. Uh, favorite character, I put John Ralphio. So <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous, and his grin is just like in the actor. And so I'm just think he's so funny, and I can't get over him. Um, relationship, Ben and Leslie. Uh, season four <laughs> and my favorite mm-hmm. episode was, um was episode four uh the pawnee goddesses mm-hmm. uh, i yeah. love that i thought it was like peak leslie in terms of you know like raising the new generation and there's just so many funny lines from it like when the little girl's like i made a gertrude stein um and and then also the part of it of ron thinking that he's teaching his own valuable lessons and obviously not hitting with the kids and then there's mm-hmm. also, they raise a question about benefit of educating the sexes separately or not. And that's something mm-hmm. I don't actually talk about a lot. So I just thought um, the whole episode was really good in a, in a number of different ways. And it ends with um, Leslie helping Ron start like the Swanson group, which is just so fun for her to go out of her way to do that. And it was like perfect what he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I thought that the whole episode was, um, was really good. So this is going to be in line with what literally everybody else said, but my favorite character is Ben. My favorite relationship is Leslie and Ben. Uh, My favorite seasons three or four. If it would be three, it's because of the snake juice episode. Um, And then favorite episode is season four, episode 22. I loved the finale of this season. Mm -hmm. So we have now made it to the moment that all of our listeners wait for the single best scene. So Sophie, why don't you get us started with your single best scene of season four of Parks and Rec? Sure. My single best scene is at the very end of the season, Leslie's acceptance speech um, after she narrowly wins the election. It was just a really great moment for her and for the show. And the whole lead up was really great and very emotional for everybody. And I just thought it was really great. Um, Okay. Abs, what's yours? I think we might have the same one. Uh, Yeah, we're going to (laughs) go tandem answer on this one. Perfect. Okay. For me, I really watch shows based on the relationships. For example, like I loved Schitt's Creek, but without the Patrick character, I wouldn't be as obsessed with it. Same thing with this. So what I'm saying is the scene when um, Ben and Leslie finally admit that they're going to be together. It's just, I still cry that entire, like come up to it. And Mm -hmm. the scene when Leslie turns and just says, or we could do this thing for real. Yeah. It's just like finally, like they're they're doing it and they're just being authentic to themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just like such an emotional, you know, they've taken what I guess two seasons almost to yeah. kind of get to that point. Two seasons of like emotional chicken where <laughs> they're just like <laughs> dancing around it, they finally get to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I I agree entirely. Like you get to that moment where the relationship comes to a point and uh this happens quite often when we're hanging out watching tv but like we just know when each other is getting worked up about something and like the first time we watch this like we look over at each other and we're just bawling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet it's it just the I, I think it's the best scene of the entire show not just season 
Amazing. I also almost picked that scene, which is how I knew it was written by Chelsea Peretti. Um, (laughs) They do have a, the, like, I like you and I love you thing. I think it's just such a, like, kind of a non-modeled relationship that wasn't shown until I think Parks and Rec really nailed in same with like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think those shows where you like love them as friends. And so then you love them even more when they're dating. Um, mm-hmm. Mine though, couldn't be farther from a romantic scene. Mine is from season four, episode 11, the comeback kid, when they're trying to get on stage to get on your feet and the, oh, the, <laughs> velvet, no. like the carpet doesn't go far enough. So then they're just like all sliding. And then Ron's holding champion, the three loaded dog, and it's peeing on him. So then he puts it down and he's like afraid that he's going to fall. And then there's no stairs. So they're like trying to like get her up the stage. And then mm-hmm. Pistol Pete comes out and like tries to dunk on ice. And then they just like keep restarting that song. And I uh, like yeah. pee myself laughing. I think it's so fucking funny. I talk about it all the time. Um, it's definitely <laughs> my most like thought of scene. Um, <laughs> and I just like, I love that they're all working together and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody half asked everything. <laughs> But they tried. <laughs> so um, that is my single best scene from season four. So we end our episode with a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have a recommendation for our listeners? Adam, Abby, you want to take this one right off the top? Yeah, I have a recommendation, although it might only be specific to people who live in New York, I think. But it's a coffee shop that I'm obsessed with and it's so amazing. I'm sure it will grow to other cities and other places. Um, but it's called 787 and it's, um, I just kind of stumbled across it once and it's like the best actually during the summer, I did a whole, um, research project, not really, but I, um, I had iced coffee from all the different places near me. Um, and Mm -hmm. I had like 30 different places over the summer in one day. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, there's, took the cake it was so amazing but now I go back and I have all their lattes and everything and it's like so good they have this marzipan latte and Mm -hmm. a rum latte that doesn't taste like rum it tastes like cinnamon it's so good so if you live in New York I highly recommend checking that out and I hope that it's also in other cities soon yeah Adam what about you um just gonna come at you with the city of Nashville um <laughs> all right. it's not a it's not a well-kept secret but uh yeah we went recently and huge recommendation um a lot of fun a lot of good food uh you can just hang out and listen to really good music so and i will say that adam's never necessarily been a huge country music fan although i've been working on it for the last five years to introduce more country music into his genre but for the first time yesterday he put on a country music playlist and okay all right so if we have we have less than a minute so why don't you spit yours out real quick and then i'll throw mine in we can oh um, mine's um ruggable the place where i have my rug from and it's they're 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 washable rugs what's yours love it mine is that new Billie eilish documentary the world's a little blurry on apple plus it's very good she's very she's more interesting than i give her credit for and I'm very fascinated by her relationship with her family. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Sorry for all of the Zoom problems, but it was so <laughs> nice to to meet y'all and and talk about Parks and Rec. Yeah, we had a blast. This Thank you so great. much for putting on this podcast. It's one of our favorites. Glad y'all like oh, it. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, amazing. we will talk to y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.